Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are raising the standard of what it means to be a man of God. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host and creator of the Pursuit of Manliness, a website and podcast devoted to equipping men. This podcast today is brought to you by our closed Facebook group. The Pursuit of Manliness has a closed Facebook group with men from literally all over the world having conversations about pursuing biblical manliness and building better men together. If you want to check it out, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pursuit of manliness. On today's podcast, I want to answer a question that a good friend of mine asked me recently when it came to how we view and communicate about the local church. Now, as many of you know, I'm a pastor, so my perspective in many ways will be that of a pastor, someone who's called into ministry and has had the privilege of coming in contact not only with the people that I get the opportunity to shepherd, but people from all over the country. So um, I want you to know that when I speak today, I'm speaking in generalities. I'm going to hit that again, but I want you to know that I'm not speaking directly to or at or about like my local church or my home or anything of that nature. So very generalities. I think I think that will make sense as we go through this. But before we get into today's podcast, I want to thank you guys. You know, you share, you comment on content, uh, invite your friends to be a part of it. You subscribe to content, whether it's YouTube or iTunes. Um, and I've said it often, but the vision is to build community within the content. And when we engage with one another, we're actually making that happen. And so I want to thank specifically today M. Shane MC. He says, this is one of, if not the best podcast for men. Jarrett talks to you, not down to you. He encourages and uplifts you without making you feel bad about your faults. I'm so glad I found this podcast. Hey, brother, I am so glad you found this podcast as well. And, and I'm thankful that you you took the time you know, to go to iTunes and leave that review. So brother, I appreciate you doing that. Um, you know, we're just we're just trying to get this thing right. So when it comes to being men of God, that we are desiring to build better men together, and we become better men because we're intentional about surrounding ourselves with men who are doing the same. Uh, you're going to see that going forward, and you've already seen it now, hopefully in a lot of ways, that a lot of the pursuit of manliness is designed to get you with other guys. I don't want to be the sole person that is just throwing content, content, content at you um, while I am passionate about this, and I want to lead that charge, and I think God has allowed me to do that. Along the way, you're going to encounter other brothers in Christ who are doing the exact same thing, um, trying to be better husbands, trying to be better fathers, trying to be you know just better men of God who are in the Word of God on a regular basis. That's the beauty of the closed group. Uh, you're seeing that happen. That's the that's the beauty of tribe men learning from one another. Uh, that's going to be the beauty of one more round and, and some of the things that are going to come forward when it comes from and to the pursuit of manliness. So uh, M. Shane, MC, brother, I thank you uh, for doing that. Thank you for all you guys who go there and leave comments on the podcast and leave reviews. I really, really appreciate that. I know it's not all about the reviews, but when you leave a review, just like what I did there, I go to iTunes, I see the reviews, and then I mention one of them. Other people see that. And they see your perspective, and they see what you just said, and, and uh, all, the, all the perspectives there. And they get to go through that, and, and, and like you would do on Amazon, and you get ready to buy something. You kind of get an idea of, okay, what am I really getting into here? The same way with podcasts. I don't, descri- I don't subscribe to many podcasts, you know, email newsletters, any of those things. Um, one, because I, I just don't know if I have all the time to really devote to that. And before long, all these episodes have came, and I've missed so much. Uh, but two, I just would rather spend my time with with other things. So if I subscribe to a podcast or go and leave a fee- feedback on it, uh, it means that I, I really do value my time, but I value the content that's being put out. 
All right, man, let's get into today's show. The question that was asked to me recently was, do you call your church a church family or a church body? And I want you to know what I'm talking about here. I said it I said it a minute ago, but in case you missed it, but I also want you to know because I've said it to our, our church recently, I'm speaking in generalities here. I'm not speaking directly about issues that have happened in the church I'm at or churches I have served in, and I'm not speaking speaking specifically about like my house, my family, whatever. So if you listen to this or you see this or you see the title of it and go, oh man, he must be using this, you know, platform as an opportunity to not at all. What what I'm saying here is um, uh, I'm what I've seen over time. And whether it's people face to face with me or it's, you know, conversations I've had, or even some of you guys from time to time through coaching and counseling, I've been able to connect with men and other people that way that um, I learned about your churches. I learned about some struggles you have. I also learned about your families. I also learned about issues that you, you wrestle with. So I told my friend, I said, listen, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask about this question. And, and here's why I'm not an overly touchy, loving guy. I, I, I'm just not. I don't, I don't think I've ever been that way. Um, it's not that I don't like you. I just don't need to touch you. And I'm not one of those guys that tells you I love you. I, if you're that guy, God bless you. I have some really manly friends who will do that. And they'll say, I love you, man. And I'm like, all right. You know, I, I just, that's just not me. I tell my wife and kids I love them. I'm all about them. I'm all about all that, but that, that's it. Also, as an introvert, the idea of having, you know, more people in my life who know a whole bunch about me is, is, is not that appealing as well. So when I, when I think of, from those angles, I think of, you know, that body, family tension when it comes to what you look like when you look at the church and how you address it. So because I know this about myself, I was very careful with how I answered him, and I told him I loved him when I got the – I'm just kidding. I did not. Um, but let me let me start by unpacking this idea of family versus body. And maybe you've heard this, and maybe this is you. I, I, I've been around people who said, you know, we're a church family. This this ministry is a family. This, this group is a family. It's a family. It's a family. That's great, and, and there's nothing wrong with you calling it a family. This is not a podcast for me to slap your hand or tell you that you are being a heretic because you call your ministry or your church, whatever, a family. That's great if you want to do that. What I'm going to do is, is tell you the reason why – I don't. Okay. So I want to get that right out there that I call it a church body. Okay. And again, I, I just want you to understand that. So I'm, I'm basing this off of a, a lot of ex- different types of experience. I'm not saying I even have more experience than you. What I'm saying is from my experiences, from my one-on-one coaching, from my phone calls with different individuals, from actually being in ministry for, for many years as, as, a, as a member and as a pastor in, 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 you know, have my own family now. And really, it's the reason why uh, I call it a body and not a family. So the church body is made up of families or people who represent their home or a much larger family unit. Uh, But I do not believe we are in that sense, a church family. And and this is a freebie. You get this. Um, If you've ever been in those churches where the last name means a lot more than Jesus' name, and 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 again, this is a free one. You, this is just to lead us off. You then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, they are so and so, and so like you're not allowed to tell them like they they can't volunteer in that ministry or you know like if if you know a so and so in your town dies, then automatically the funeral will be at your church, even though that so and so has never like graced the doors. Or I've seen this that maybe a person went to your church for years and they have that right last name and they show back up and like everyone you know suddenly treats them like 
you know, Meghan Markle walked into your tree, like, who is that? Like, you don't know that. And, and, and you know, that, that's where you get really unhealthy when you talk about church family and church body. And in that instance, it's really about that church family, not the church family. So this is why I think I focus on church body more than family. So we're going to start with the first one. The first one is when there is tension. When there is a tension within a family, a family unit, what happens? Depending on how you were raised, it, it could go many, many different ways. I'm going to talk about a couple of them. Sometimes the tension is just flat out ignored, okay? It's like Dwight uh, shunning Andy. Like, okay, shun, unshun, right? Like, I'm not talking to you, and it's going to go on for this many years, and I'm not going to address this. I'm mad at you, whatever. People just – or they just pretend like it's not there. Like, there's an issue, Maybe Susie had a baby and she went off and we didn't, you know, we, we never talk about the baby and we never talk about, you know, the ex-husband and we never talk about, we just don't talk about, it. we're not supposed to talk about it. We don't address certain issues because, you know, they're very sensitive or it might make somebody uncomfortable, right? Or the complete opposite end of that spectrum, and I hope you're somewhere in the middle here, but the complete opposite end of that spectrum can be families where hot button topics are always discussed, Right. It's almost as if, you know, the drunk uncle walks in with kerosene fluid, like he's just going to like, we're going to blow this thing up today. And you're like, here we go again, right? Like we're just waiting and someone is picking and picking and everything is passive aggressive. And you're just waiting, you're waiting for this undercurrent to take over and just sweep everyone out, right? Every scab is dug up, grudges are held onto, sides are taken, you know, it's just, it's just very, very, very unhealthy. I'm sure you've never experienced anything like that ever in your life, right? Never. This is one of the the funny things about like like movies and TV shows when you see this like I'm thinking of two right now that I would say are not overly Christian so forgive me if this is highly offensive to you but like um Meet the Fockers is one of them right like he meets her parents and it's all this weird you know tension or whatever and then the other one's like Griswold Christmas what a mess But how many of you have watched those shows and went yep 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 yeah I felt that yeah I've done that yeah I've experienced that yep yep right Can you do that with a physical body if you have a problem with your right foot, the left foot can't just ignore it. It's not the left foot's fault, but listen, you get up to walk around the left foot, you know, you better be on point, right? You, you just It has to overcompensate for the weaker part. You can't ignore the fact that your right foot hurts or it's unusable. It has to be addressed if you plan on being a functioning body moving forward, right? Or you can go to the other extreme. You can force yourself to walk on it. Force yourself to run, kick a ball, whatever, and you're going to have different problems, right? So if there's some damage to your body, something needs to be addressed. But it needs to be addressed in the appropriate manner. So when there's tension, there's two things that, that need to happen. When there's tension, problems, you have this undercurrent, like it's not good, it's not good. Two things need to happen, and it's typically from leadership. It needs to be addressed in the right way. And number two Healing must take place. Once again, it needs to be addressed in the right way, and that will be predicated upon the leadership. If your children, if your seven-year-old is coming to you and telling you, mommy and daddy need to stop fighting, let's talk about what the problem here is, you have a major problem on your hands. If you're the leader, be the leader. You address it in a healthy way, and then healing 
needs to take place. Listen, you know as well as I do, this does not always happen. This is why counseling, self-help, all these books are just rampant all over the place. This is why we have people calling us uh, for counseling or we're looking for, like, there's places around, you know, where we're at that will do, like, free marriage counseling and they're booked. Like, they're booked solid forever. Why? Because there's problems and we're not always sure how to deal with them. And then someone determines this is the mode for addressing the problem, and it all begins to unfold. And it's not always the best way to how to address the problem. And and sometimes they just frankly don't care. Listen, if it's not addressed in the right way, healing will not take place. If you're like, well, I don't care. I'm just going to rip it open. We're just going to get, okay, do that. And there will be major issues that will come from that. When there's tension, whether you're a family of two or you're the Duggars of 22, You have to figure out how to address it in the right way. You have to figure out how to handle tension in the right way, in a healthy manner. Okay, I'm going to go back to that list real quick. One, it needs to be addressed in a healthy way and by the leader. Who is the leader? Someone should do that. If you're, again, your little daughter is convicting you that you're being a jerk, what are we going to do, right? And number two, healing must take place. If you're in the church... This is why Paul was so adamant that we set up healthy church structures that you have elders who are supposed to help prevent and protect against this. When they lead well, they're more in tune with tensions and problems, and and then they'll have the courage to address them. If there's chaos within your home or chaos at your Thanksgiving dinner or chaos at your Fourth of July picnic, how is it addressed? How is it taken care of? Does everyone leave, slam the cars, and we all drive off? And or do you, do you stay at the park and have a you know full blown fight? Like, well, how is unhealth addressed, and how should it be addressed? Once again, correlate that with a actual body. When there's unhealth, what do you do about it? Well, you take it easy on that part for a while. You take steps to get healthy. Sometimes you know, hey, it's going to be you know six to eight weeks, or or even longer, or you know maybe it's just a little cut. It's going to take you know just thirty seconds. Healing takes place at different levels, but again, it has to be addressed in the right way. Listen, people are difficult. You know they are. You're difficult, and just because you address a problem doesn't mean it goes away. This one sometimes, you know, like this happens in churches. Just because you address a problem doesn't mean it goes away. Some people have no problem being the problem within a, within a church. And if they're jumping around to lots of churches, get ready. They're bringing lots of problems because that means the issues that were created somewhere else have not been resolved and they're going somewhere else. And wherever they're at right now, they're probably going to be gone in a you know number of years or, or their attendance will be shoddy or their volunteerism will all be condition-based. It happens. And this is what happens when you when you address it. If you're a leader in your church, or you're an influencer in your church, and I'm not talking about you have the right last name. I mean you are a, an influencer. You you know you are a leader. You are an elder. You are a staff member. Whatever it is, and you got to address this, preferably with another individual, because they can manipulate it. I remember getting called out to a person's house once who uh, was dying, but before I went out there, I warned the, the individual that went with me, hey, I want you to know, like, this family has ran pastors out of their driveway who've tried to talk with them, tried to... Uh, some people have absolutely no problem doing that. I'm mad. I don't care how this comes across to you. Get off my property. Suddenly, we're the guy, you know, out in the middle of nowhere with a shotgun and a banjo trying to, you know, think people are trespassing. Listen, they're, they're coming there seeking, you know, restoration. They're coming in courage. 
they're doing what you're supposed to be doing, but that doesn't always work out that way. So when you talk to people and you have hard conversations, sometimes they'll make phone calls about you. They're going to post to social media now. That's a really popular thing to do. Uh, write letters. That happens all the time. I'm still amazed how many letters still get written. Um, I've heard about people coming into elders' meetings and yelling at elders and staff. I want you to know, be very careful if, that, if that's you, because you will answer to God before that someday. I've not experienced that. I've just heard that, um, and, and that is the truth. I've heard that happening. I've never dealt with that. I want to remind you, Ephesians four sixteen says, From the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, healthy, sustainable, making one another better, right? makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And if you don't love yourself or you put conditions on love or you have just anxiety about unmet expectations, love will not mean a lot to you. You're looking for control. Uh, this illustration here, this verse is talking about uh, love and health. And so I want you to know working together in love, sometimes you have to ask people to leave your church. You can't fire me. I'm a volunteer. I've heard people say that. Uh, yeah, you can. You can vo- You can fire volunteers. I fired volunteers, um, and that's not a generality. I have fired volunteers, and I remember like that being very hard and having to give an account for that to the lead pastor. You know, it's it's difficult, but you say hey, it, it just has to be done. It has to be done. Listen, if if you think you should fire a volunteer, then you should. You're you're way beyond it at that point, right? Uh, you can't do that in a family, can you? Can you fire a family member? Can I, I have two daughters. Can I tell one of them you're, you're not in my family anymore because you're not my daughter? You can't do that, right? At least you're not supposed to be able to. The body is better when it is equipped and working properly. A family doesn't necessarily spend the appropriate energy to make sure this happens. We have a lot of brokenness in this world when it comes to family units. And some people just don't care. They don't care. Listen, if your body is broken, you better care and figure it out, right? 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 10, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and there may be no division among you, that you may be united in the same mind and same judgment. I love it when my body is healthy and working the the same way. We take strides towards making sure that happens. We don't always do that within family units. Number two, roles. What about the roles, okay? In a family, there's generally a patriarch, matriarch. We don't necessarily give them that title these days, but you know who it is, right? There's That's them. So there's a, uh, a holiday. We all drive 14 hours to their house. There's a whatever. We all end up at their place, right? Sometimes there's three or four or six or eight patriarchs, matriarchs, depending on how broken and messy your family unit and structures are. You, know, you go to like six Christmases and you, know, uh, you have a you know, four birthdays every month, and there's just all these different layers to it. But typically, there's a patriarch or matriarch, right? The the person who determines now we eat, the person that determines now we pray, the guy, the gal who says when you open presents, right? There's usually one person who's kind of like the dictator of the family. When they walk in, it's like, oh, they're back. Well, now it's time. You could be gone. It doesn't matter. But if they're gone, nothing nothing moves forward without them, right? That's typically what happens in a family because there are roles. The roles are exercised. These roles are not always exercised in a healthy or helpful manner. It doesn't matter because it is their role. I have waited my whole life to be in this role. I get to fulfill this role. I've shared this before. My house, my rules, my chair, my TV, my refrigerator, my, 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 my. What happens is over time, sometimes you like to go to someone else's house and don't be shocked if they exercise the my house, my rules, my TV, my, my. It's not as fun when it's, when it goes that way, is it? 
right? And so uh, sometimes that leadership is not healthy at all. Listen, there's church leadership that's not healthy either. There's church leadership that does the same thing. This is my kitchen. This is my table. This is my church van. This is my, you know, whatever. Um, no, not at all. Now, you might have paid for it, but you did it because it was for the church. And if you didn't do it, 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 it is for the church. Uh, my, my, my. We love to flex that muscle. When it, What happens when a patriarch or matriarch passes on? They, they die. Families disperse, right? Cousins, aunts, uncles, whatever, rarely, if ever, see each other. When they do, it's usually gather around a casket, and they usually say, we should do this more often. I hate the fact that we only see each other at you know, funerals or whatever. Like Everyone's done being married now, so we only see each other at funerals. Well, you could fix that, but the patriarch-matriarch setup is gone now. And what happens? You are now the patriarch-matriarch whatever for your family unit. And you've waited 50 years. I finally get to do it my way. I finally get to have my house, right? What about your body? Okay, so that's the family. So what about the body side? Each part has a role. Every part is important. If your left ear stops working, you don't go, well, at least I still have my kneecaps. Maybe if you have bad knees, but, you know, typically you're like, man, I can't hear now, right? I'm thankful I have arms, but I can't hear. I'm thankful I have knees, but I can't hear. In the church, every person is supposed to have a role. At least they should have a role. We say that here. You know, if you're a member, we expect you to be involved. And if you've been attending a while, we expect you to be a member. Like, stop dating us, commit to us, or move on. Maybe we're not for you, but you don't just come and consume. Like, we're grownups. Like, we, we're grownups. We're going to have grown up conversations. Are you done dating us? Are you going to commit to this? Um, or are you going to go sit at someone else's table and eat all their food and not bring anything to the table, right? Let's go to the third one it's health. Okay, this is a tough one to address because it's typically overlooked or not talked about. How do you how do you know if your home is healthy? Well, you look around for five minutes, you could probably figure it out, right? How do you? But when you think about a larger family unit, okay, families upon families who come together. Some people have like the same T-shirt, and it's the so and so family reunion, or you know, you have everyone with the matching pajamas on Christmas or Thanksgiving. Everyone's got to take a picture of their their plate or whatever, right? You have all these people come together with different parenting styles, backgrounds, opinions, personalities. How, how do you address that? Have you ever heard someone say? Um, we're, we're the Seinfelds, okay? Let's just say that. We're the Seinfelds. This is just who we are, right? We, we all act this way. We all, we all get, you know, drunk. We all get uh, whole grudges. We all get, you know, what we just, this is who we are, right? Almost like a family recipe of dysfunction that's handed down to, to the next generation and beyond just brokenness and brokenness and brokenness. How, how do you break these cycles? You, you don't. I don't know how you break these cycles because there's always there will always be people within that unit who think it's absolutely fine or the pride will not allow them to say, you know, right, we do need to take a look at how healthy we really are. You just, I just don't think you can fix that. But in your body, if it's unhealthy, you're going to notice it. Weight gain, your eyes look like you haven't slept, your skin is garbage, your organs begin to not work right. right? What do you do? Well, you go to the doctor, you get it right. Or you start to eat better, sleep better, right? You do what they say. Families are always, always less likely to do this. When it comes to church, how do you know if it's healthy? Once again, look around. Do people engage with one another? Are they giving more than they're taking? Are new people coming? Do they come back? What are you learning? Are you pursuing health? Are you pursuing things that mature you as a believer in Jesus? Are you proclaiming Jesus above all else? Or are you proclaiming you know, a family's last name or a program or a ministry? then it's not healthy if you are. 
Ephesians 5, 25 to 27, this is great. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might, speaking of Christ and his church, sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Holy and without blemish means, well, holy and without blemish. You can do that with your body, right? You can get on a fast, you can cleanse, you can drink water, you can get sleep, you can say, you know what, I am going to be uber disciplined. I'm not going to allow any garbage to enter my body. I'm not going to waste my time on things that are frivolous. I'm not going to waste my money. I'm not. You can do that with your body. It's a lot more challenging when you start adding more bodies. And you can do that as a church. Listen, churches are made up of families that come together, but they collectively make the body of Christ. So when we speak of the church, the gathering of believers in a building, we're talking about the body over being a family. The family almost gives you a pass for being dysfunctional. I've heard someone say this once, and I just I grab onto this imagery. They say it's sometimes this dysfunction, this messiness, this we just accept it because this is who we are is like grandma's house on Christmas morning, right? We're, we're messy. We're dysfunctional. We all know where everyone sits. We all know what's in the cupboard. And when Susie brings a new boyfriend, everybody knows that there's someone new and there's that is not good at that's not good at all. Okay. Listen, I know as we go through this that we are all the church. I know all that. I know all that. But when you gather collectively and corporately to worship through song, through study, through serving, through tithing, you are a part of a much bigger body. Romans 12 says this, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ individually members of one another. We make each other better. We make each other healthier. But you got to change your mindset. You, you have to stop looking at it as if you have a pass to be dysfunctional, that you have a pass for being unhealthy, that you have a pass for doing strange, odd, weird things that the, the visitor is going to walk in and go, what? I, I say this often. And I want our, want our church to firmly believe this, and I believe this. A visitor who comes to your church should be so uncomfortable, especially if they don't know Jesus. That, and I shouldn't say that. A visitor that comes to your church as a Christian should not be uncomfortable. But someone who walks in your church who doesn't know Jesus, right? Like that was the big movement. Everyone's seeker-sensitive, seeker-aware. And, and I understand that. They should be very uncomfortable during your time of worship, study, tithes and offering, serving. They're like, what is going on here? These people are all in. Is this Jesus guy going to show up right now? Because they keep talking about him like he's going to be here. The times they should be very comfortable is like after service when you're talking and hanging out or before service. Now, like if you make coffee or have donuts or invite them to sit by you, whatever. Like, But in that moment, in that moment, we should be so engaged. Like, no, this is why we're here, Right? Ask yourself, are, is your church healthy, high-functioning part of the body, or are there areas that need to be addressed, areas that need to be dealt with? One of the best ways of knowing if you are healthy personally, when you think about your church, so whether you're the pastor, an elder, you don't go to church, I don't like that man-made structure, I don't need the church, I don't. ask yourself, are you, are you healthy? Do you give more than you take? Now, not that we shouldn't take, right? There's, there's times that you ask for help. There's times you ask for prayer. Absolutely. That's why we're together. 
But at some point, you have to get your firm feet, your feet firmly planted on the rock under you and say, hey, I'm, I'm, now it's my turn to help somebody else, right? Now I'm able to give back. Yeah, I want to wrap it up with this verse. It's, it's Colossians 3, 14 to 16. It says, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Putting on love, right? And then being thankful. Let's love and be thankful, right? Men, we we can do this, man. Make sure that you are a healthy, functioning part of your local church body. If you're not, pursue that. Like, what do I need to do to add value? What do I need to do to to add presence? What do I need to do to invest in the life of somebody else? Again, think of it from that perspective. And again, this podcast is not to run down family versus body or anything. I just want, we've got to change our perspective when it comes to how we view the local church and our part in it. Our attendance sucks. Our commitment sucks. Our, 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 our participation in a lot of ways is just embarrassing when it comes to stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's rough. It's really, really rough. And man, we, we have to fight. To, to take back what is ours. We don't apologize for it, but we say, you know what? This is the bride of Christ. This is the, the, the body, and, and we are going to protect it, and we are going to have a presence here, and I want my wife and children to be blessed because they're in this environment, and I'm going to add value to it. I'm going to make this body healthier. Amen? We can do this, all right? Men, once again, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I want to encourage you to get connected to the local church body, one that preaches the word, proclaims Jesus, and helps you become a disciple who makes disciples. And again, thanks for listening to this podcast. Make sure to connect with the Pursuit of Manliness on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They're all at Pursue Manliness. If you go to YouTube, iTunes, and the Pursuit of Manliness.com, if you uh, click subscribe on the website, if you leave your email, but the others just click subscribe, you'll be alerted when new content is posted and is available. And as always, go to our closed Facebook group. Men from literally all over the world are having discussions about all things that help us pursue biblical manliness and raising the standard of what it means to be a man of God.